this last week. Um, I went to Veterans Park with Kathy Nagley Delgado. Uh, she's the person that on staff we feel like is the best at being present, at being with us when she is with us. And I went to Veterans Memorial Park with her and I interviewed her about being present. Watch, watch this video. God to be present with me. How can I expect that if I'm not present with him? But simultaneously, almost at the same time, the thought that comes into my mind is, how can I expect God to be present with me if I'm not present with his people? So, yes, being present with God is important, but also being present with his people, with each person, because that's God's child. And so me being present with that child of God is how I represent being a child of God. It's how I, I say to someone... I value you because you are a child of God, and, and I think that's important. Pragmatically speaking, being present with someone to me says, I'm giving you 100% of my attention. You have my full, undivided attention. And for as long as, you, as, long as it takes, I'm not going to make you feel rushed. I'm not going to look at my watch or check my phone. Um, I'm, if a message comes in, I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> That's really hard sometimes. Um, but that moment is what matters. That moment. That provides value to the person that I'm with and to the overall encounter so that we are both getting the most out of that time. To be present with God, to me, is usually quiet. It's about reducing the chatter. It's about giving myself time and space to just be there. I think of the song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place. And when I find myself drifting away, when my attention goes somewhere else, I find myself drawn in by the line that comes after that part of the song. I, I, I say it to myself. I say, your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Because that's what I long for.
think the hardest question you've asked me is, what does it mean to be present with myself? So that is certainly important. <laughs> I get that it's important. It's probably the one that's hardest, at least for me. Um, and I think it has to do with understanding that you have to pay attention to yourself if you want to be there for anyone else. It's something I learned as a mom first. I learned that if I wanted to be there for my kids, I needed to take care of myself. Because if mom was in bad shape, how is she going to be a good mom? And so I guess that's where I draw that from. Lucky you. So I, I just got a text message. Let me see who that's from. Yeah, somebody texted me. Oh, it's, it's from uh, it's from uh, Elise's teacher. Anyway, something about math homework. I um, I was with my dad and Elise um, Tuesday afternoon. We went out to goof off and hang out together. And I was griping about my phone because it won't stay charged. Now um, it's I've only that's actually doing pretty good today. It's at ninety four percent. But anybody has anybody done the new iPhone the new update? Don't. If you have, don't. Because now my phone won't stay charged very long, and it takes forever to charge. I, I don't know. Maybe I have some things running in the background that I can't figure out how to shut down. But I was griping about it. And my dad goes, well, that's not good for you because you live by that thing. And he wasn't meaning it like as an insult. He was just meaning it as like, yeah, you, you're trying to do a good job and you keep your calendar in that and everything. But the truth of it is I'm not with him that much. My mom and dad moved. They're back there, by the way. They moved to Las Cruces um, a few months ago because we moved here, because Michelle and I moved here. My brother has lived here for like 20 years, and they didn't move here. But when I said I was moving, so it's proof, it's proof that I am the, their favorite son. And so, um, <laughs> that's what she says to my brother, too. Anyway, I'm only with him for maybe 10 minutes a week, if I'm lucky. But he has recognized that I spend that much time with this thing. And the reason why is I keep my calendar on here. And here, here's a pro tip for you. If you want me to spend some time with you, you better make sure that I get my calendar out and that you see me put the event in my calendar or it won't happen. Or I could say, hey, uh, I don't have my phone with me, but if you want to spend some time with me, get with Diana because Diana can schedule you in also. That's ridiculous that I have to have that with me all the time. But also, my emails come in, and my text messages come in, and my phone calls come in. This is like my walking life. And I think you can all probably relate to that some. I don't really even have any games on here. So if you see me on my phone, I'm communicating with someone somehow, or planning to communicate with them somehow. Thursday afternoon... Um, or Thursday morning, I woke up, and I'm getting around for uh, the day, and Emery comes in, and she goes, hey, Dad, you're going to be at lunch today, right? Because it was Thanksgiving lunch at her school. 
which is a big deal here. I've never lived someplace that's that big of a deal. And so I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I promise I'll be there. And she goes, okay, because, Dad, I also heard that in Las Cruces on Thanksgiving lunch day, a lot of times parents take their kids home with them after lunch. And I was like, oh, that's why it's important. And so I said, I don't know if that's going to happen. And and then I took her home with me after lunch. But I had to park out in the desert because the parking lot was completely full. And so I walked in from the desert. And then Emery and I walked out and we got in my pickup. And my phone had been going off like crazy. And I I didn't respond to anything. But I'm supposed to be off starting Thursday afternoon through Friday. And so I said, hey, Em, I need, to, I need a few minutes. i got to reply to some emails and some text messages, and I have a phone call to make. And then I'll be with you. And we were together. We were sitting in the cab of my pickup, and I said, and then I'll be with you. And she said, okay, Dad. And she, like, started messing with some stuff. And so we sat there, and I replied to emails and text messages, and I made a phone call. And then I put my phone away. But it feels bad that I even have to get permission on my time off to say to her, then I will be with you. But I think the most loving thing we can do for people, whether that be people that we're with, or whether that be God, or whether that be ourselves, is to be present. To actually be there when we're there. And when we're someplace else, be someplace else. But when we're in that moment, be in that moment. Jacob, in the scripture I just read to you, was spinning like a, like a fidget spinner. His life was going crazy all around him. And he was creating the drama. You know... There are people who just stay busy for the sake of staying busy. How, for, for instance, how many times have you ever said to anybody, Hey, how, how's it going? And they said, boring. I mean, unless they're under the age of 10, they're probably not going to say, My life is boring. Because we recognize that's not a proper response. Because we like this response, busy. Man, I'm so busy. Because when we say we're busy, we think that that tells people that we're being productive, that we're doing something with our life, and that's what we want people to know about us, is that we're producing, and that we're busy, and that we're spending our life. We place a really, really high value in our society on busyness, and we act like busyness is productivity. But the truth of it is, if we can't be present in those moments, we can't be productive. And so we do get busy. We spend way too much time working on one or two simple tasks because our mind is off on all these other things. And if we could focus and be present in the moment, we could complete that task in a much more efficient amount of time. And we could actually then say, I'm doing really good. I've got some free time that I'm using. But I don't know if we would even respond that way because our culture doesn't value that. Our culture doesn't value, I sat around and read a book for 30 minutes this afternoon because I I wanted to. Our culture values busyness. And when we make ourselves busy, we are not allowing ourselves to be present. And so Jacob, 
has allowed himself to be made busy and he makes himself busy and he's in the business of deceiving and angling and always working to get the upper hand on somebody. And he falls asleep one night and he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. How sad is that? That the Creator of the universe is sometimes really, really present with us and we're so busy, we don't know it. If we're lucky, we might realize it after the fact. But I wonder how often it happens that we don't ever know it. That we don't ever realize it. I operate basically from two places of fear. What fear does is it pulls us out of the present. It makes us worry about the future or the past. Fear keeps us from staying right in the moment. And so we busy ourselves because we need to show the people that we work for that we're valuable. And for me, the two places that I operate from that are places of fear are this. I, I have a really large fear of being seen as a failure. And I don't mind failing. In fact, sometimes I like to try new things that I know I'm not going to be good at because it's fun to try new things. I'm not really afraid of failing, but I am afraid of being seen as a failure. And so like right now in my head, I'm thinking, well, because you said that, you better do that or else it seems like you're failing because you're not telling the truth about trying new things. And somebody's going to ask you to try something new and you may not want to do it, but you're going to do it anyway. Like, you know, it just starts to spin and cycle. And it's all about what are people going to think? If I fail. And because of that, I need to respond to this text message. What? Oh, it's just an update that I've, that something's going on. I need to. Because as a, as your pastor and as your friend and as a husband and as a dad and as a son and as a brother, I, I feel like I, I need to be present with people. And so it's the thing I check off, right? Like, well, I was present with Stuart, check that off. And now I'm present with him, check that off. And it becomes a, an act instead of a reality. And I wonder if, if it's just me that does that. I think we all have our fears that we operate from. The other fear that I have, and this one's not nearly as big really at this point, but um, I have this fear that the bishop's going to move me. And so I do a lot of working to make sure that it never gets to that point to where I get to be the one in control of saying when I want to move. And so there's a balance act that, that we play as pastors. Like if we do too well, too fast, we're going to move too fast. And if we completely fail, they're going to move us out of there really fast because they don't want the church to die. And so you have to play this balancing act. If I need to do really good, I need to do good. I need to make sure they see that I do. I can't fail. I can't be seen as a failure, but I can't do too good. I can't, you know, it's just like a weird twisted thing. That's me. That's where I operate from. But what happens is it keeps me from being present. So Emery, sitting in the passenger seat of my pickup, just wanting to talk about her day, and I have to say, hang on a second, sweetheart, I need to respond to this. There was nothing that was that urgent. We chase busyness. Here's the gospel truth. 
We put our value in things. That's what we do. That's universal. We put our value in our successes. We remove value from ourselves when we fail. We put our value in all sorts of stuff. What are the things that we can collect? The possessions we have. How much money we make. We put our value in that. But here's the gospel. There is nothing you can do to make God love you less. And there is nothing that you can do to make God love you more. You are loved. And there is nothing that you can do about that. You are loved. And there is nothing that you can do about that. You can't do anything to make God love you more. God loves you in fullness and completeness right now exactly as you are. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear what's going to happen and what has happened. You can be here now knowing that you are loved and that is who you are. There's this book, Present Over Perfect. I I couldn't recommend it enough. You should read this book. It's by Shauna Nyquist. And um, I think it's a life-changing kind of book for many of us. I want to read a section of it to you. It's just a couple of paragraphs. It's found on page 128 of the book. Listen to what she says. She's talking about being present and not fearing all of the undone things and all of the things to do, but being present. And she says, this isn't about working less or more necessarily. This isn't about homemade or takeout or full-time or part-time or the specific ways we choose to live out our days. It's about rejecting the myth that every day is a new opportunity to prove our worth. I'm going to read that to you again. It's about rejecting the myth that every day is a new opportunity to prove our worth and about the truth that our worth is inherent, given by God, not earned by our hustling. It's about learning to show up And let ourselves be seen just as we are. Massively imperfect and weak and wild and flawed in a thousand ways, but still worth loving. It's about realizing that what makes our lives meaningful is not what we accomplish, but how deeply and honestly we connect with the people in our lives. How wholly we give ourselves to the making of a better world through kindness and courage. Sisters and brothers, we need to be people who give ourselves wholly to the people around us so that we can make the world better through kindness and courage. And the only way that happens is by knowing that we are loved and that we are flawed and that God is 
is with us. And that our worth is given to us by God, not by our hustling. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.